she showed up with high heels on for truck driving school. <laughs> How long did that take you to live down? Oh, you know what? <laughs> Ten years I was there, and I lived it every day. Oh, yeah, let me tell you. You think she's good now? Let me tell you what she did in the beginning. Everybody makes mistakes. She was classic. That's hilarious. And I did. I, I just I couldn't believe it. Buckle up. You're listening to Terminal Exchange. I'm Philip Adams, and we've arrived to episode 20 of Terminal Exchange. This is the official podcast show of Newsbomb Transportation. I want to be one of the very first to say Happy Mother's Day to all of the wonderful moms out there. If you don't have the opportunity to spend time with your mom in person this week, be sure to give her a call and let her know how much she means to you. We've even got our very own Trucker Mama. Darla Smith on our feature exchange this week. And let me tell you, you are in for a ton of laughs and and some great heartfelt conversation. But before we get to that, though, I want to invite you one last time to join us this Saturday, May 11th, for our Newsbomb 5K Family Fun Run and Walk. Again, this event is a fundraiser in support of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. There's still time to register online. And we're even taking same-day registration, so it doesn't matter if you register now or show up the day of, we'd love to see you there. Just just show up Saturday morning, ready to walk, run, or just hang out and have a great time with some really great people. We'll be selling raffle tickets, too, for $5 a piece to give away some great prizes that include Fitbit Versa watches, gift cards, Nussbaum swag, and more. The cost to join the run is just a $25 donation for adults and a $15 donation for children ages 5 to 17. If you want to pre-register or make a separate donation, just go to newsbomb.com slash St. Jude. Bring your whole family and invite some friends to join us for this great cause as well. We hope to see you there. It's Mother's Day this Sunday, so we invited our own trucker mama, Darla Smith, to join us for this exchange. I'd bet many of you listening have met Darla and may even have her number stored on your phone. And if you don't know Darla, you are in for a treat. Darla is a laugh and a half and she is one of the most selfless people you will ever have the chance to meet. She cares well for people and loves sharing her experience and knowledge with others. Darla is one of Newsbomb's training engineers and has helped raise up some truly exceptional young drivers. We are privileged to have her as part of our Newsbomb family. So without any further ado, here is Trucker Mama or Mommy Darla, Darla Smith. Darla it is such a joy to have you here with me. Thank you. I I can't imagine how this conversation is going to go, but I I, I know that <laughs> we're in for a treat, I'm sure. And I expect that everyone listening is going to have a lot of fun listening. I do have that reputation. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're saying your reputation definitely precedes you here. But Darla, just start off. Uh, you've been driving for a little while. You're not new to this, um, but you've been with Newsbaum for... Four and a half years. I started in October of 2014. And But you've been driving for... I'm starting my 24th year. I started in April of 1996, and it was the last week of April. So I'm beginning my 24th year. I've been driving 23 yeah. full years. 
How did you get into trucking then? How I got into trucking, I was in the accounting department for Humana Hospital Corporation. And I was a materials manager. Then I was the director of finance. And how I got into it was my husband had asked me to go to truck driving school and get on the truck with him. My father thought he had fallen off the potato truck because I had went to college for seven years to get my degree and to drive a truck. And I I said, you know what? I was raised that the man is the head of the household and you do what he asked you to do like my mother did him. My grandmothers did my grandfathers. So... I went ahead and went to truck driving school. He drove for Trailliner out of Springfield, Missouri. We hauled produce from Salinas, California to Boston to stop and shop every week. And when I got on the truck with him is when I realized how sick he was. And we came off the road in November. He was so hard on me. I thought the first month we would be divorced because, Mm. oh, gosh, he made me back into docks right out of the gate. And I'm like, the other trainees don't have to do that. And he said, well, this is a team truck, and you're going to earn half, to, half your pay, woman. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> but he knew, I think he knew inside, he had a limited time to teach me everything. Mm. And he owned that truck. So he was an owner-operator. So he knew he only had a limited time to teach me everything. I mean, I went from a corporate boardroom dealing with physicians and administrators and hospital staff to being a truck driver. So it was a whole new world for me. My first dock in Salinas, I was so embarrassed. It took me an hour and 40 minutes to back into it. He cut me no slack. I learned my first load, how to scale a truck. He always had a real easy way of putting things. You know, you drive the way you want your weight to go. If you need it on your drives, you go forward. If you need the weight back on your tail, you drive in reverse. He just put it so simple, you know. Hmm. And I understood afterwards why he was so hard on me. He knew he had a limited time. And we came off the road in November, and about the middle of November, and he passed away on the 12th of December. Wow. But, yeah, he was had liver cancer. But I didn't realize how sick he was till I got on the truck. Well, the truck still had to keep going. We still had to maintain it and had payments to be made. Yeah. And he doesn't have my salary now as, a, as an accountant for Humana. Right. And so I had to drive, you know, back in that that time, we were on paper logs. I'd pull over and get a two-hour nap, you know, and I'd put he drove and I drove, but he was really, really sick, and he knew he had a limited time to show me and teach me everything. And I'm so grateful for that. And I stayed with them for 10 more years. And I trained a lot of the, I only had like three women that I trained. And I trained a lot of the younger men, the 23 and 24-year-olds, which made sense. Who's going to tell their 40-year-old mother no? (laughs) It worked. Not this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It worked and it worked. I've taught so many of them to drive. And it worked very well. And then I was following a truck out of Georgia, and in the back it said on the back of the trailer it said Liberty, Missouri. That's where my grandson, my one and only grandbaby, lives there. So that's when I left Brennan Team and Holland Produce, and I went to Kansas City, to ACT. That's where mm-hmm. my grandson was. And then I was there for eight years, and then I came to Newsbomb. So when you started driving. Uh, Early on, it was 
more out of a need, uh, out of necessity. Is that yes, it was accurate. Yeah, it was. At what point did it turn into less of a necessity and more of a? This is what I do. I, I enjoy this. When he passed away, I could have went to any hospital and got a job. Okay, being an, a, a healthcare accountant, administrator. Mm -hmm. I could have went to any hospital and got a job. It was my way of grieving. It was his truck. He loved that truck. And that was my way of grieving. I had one son in high school and I had one in college, just started college. But it was my way to grieve, was to be in that truck. That's where I felt closest to Steve. Mm -hmm. I felt closest to him there. So I stayed in the truck against all my family's wishes. (laughs) And then I started seeing that, hey, I can really do something here. And then I figured out I enjoyed it. Yeah. And then I was thankful for all the things that he taught me. And why, And I under, started understanding why he was so hard on me. You know, even to this day, I still have a problem with delivering freight late. I, I don't care if it's the weather. I don't care what. I It just, it, it gets me. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> back then, you just were not late, especially on produce, on perishables. If you're a day late, you could have strawberries with mold and hair right. all over them, okay? Nobody wants that. Nobody. Then you're rejected. Now <laughs> exactly. you got to really peddle them now up and down. The, yeah, you got to peddle them up and down the East Coast and yeah. try to get rid of them, and nobody wants them. And <laughs> so, I mean, I've gone to pig farms and dumped produce. And, I mean, it's a nightmare when that happens. So the importance of... Delivering on time became so important when you're hauling perishables, Mm -hmm. okay? And it just carried over throughout the years. But I I began to enjoy it. I began to see a need. There weren't very many women out here. And then when I went to ACT, they were having a training program. And I said, well, I'd like to train, but I just want to train the women. And that's what I did. And I did the same thing when I came here. I told Jeremy I'd had a real bad accident in 2009, and I have a total hip prosthesis on my left side. At that time, we didn't have cameras. They ran a red light in front of me. Mm. I had the green. They had the red. They pulled out in front of me. And so when we were going with the event recorders, I said, I want them. I'll take two or three of them. I want them on every corner. <laughs> right. Because at that time, if it wouldn't have been for the witnesses that were there at the stoplight, it was my word against theirs. Sure. And, you know, uh, the people who were at fault were saying, well, we don't want this on her record. And I remember the Missouri State Trooper. He said, you know what? This is a DOT reportable accident. We have injuries. We have a huge dollar amount of loss. And her truck, your vehicle, people are injured, and it's going to go with her for 10 years. There's there's companies that won't even hire her. So when I decided to quit ACT and I called Newsbomb, and how I knew about them is their CEO had been here and had spent the whole week here with Doug Bradle. And he come back bragging about it. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> that didn't go the way he planned, did it? <laughs> so, and he made this statement to people here after the fact. When he found out I was here, he said, I told them that if she went to New Spawn, we would never get her back. So that is true. I, I call New Spawn my retirement home, and I'm not ashamed of it. I say it all the time. But... These people here, this company, 
it is just, it's wonderful. And to see how it has grown. And I know we have our growing pains. We all do. But this too shall pass. Be patient. (laughs) But if you're not growing and changing in in this industry, you're going to be padlocking the door. That's the trucking industry as a whole. You have to grow and you have to change with the industry. If you don't, you're not going to make it. So my perspective, I like to see the growth and the change because that means we're going to be here a long time. As you've seen so many changes and different things through your career, what have been some of the biggest struggles, especially being a female mm-hmm. uh, on the road? What, what are some of the biggest struggles and challenges that you've dealt with? Well, like I said, having the muscle power. You know, sometimes not so much in our trailers, but we still have our older ones that have the handles to try to, you know, try to slide the tandems. And this, I mean, I tell the girls, just get the hammer and beat the snot out of it. It'll move. We don't have the muscle, so we have to work smart, not hard, okay? Uh, There's also this safety factor. I never shower where I stay. Because if you're seen walking across a parking lot with a bag on your hand and there's nobody with you on your arm, they know you're alone. Mm -hmm. If you take cash advances, don't ever get them at night. Get them during the day through the fuel island and leave. Don't ever get it where you stay, okay? I don't go inside the restaurants and eat. I cook in my truck. And I had uh, Rick Schmidt laughing one time. He said, I bet you can cook a Thanksgiving dinner in your truck. I said, as a matter of fact. (laughs) No kidding. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. So, but that that is the biggest struggle. It's a safety factor. Oh. It's a safety thing. And having the muscle power to do some of the things that we need to do in the wintertime, putting on chains and socks, you know, I have, I've struggled with that. And I can see as I get older, it becomes more cumbersome. I'm so thankful for our socks versus the chains. Because years ago, when I was running out west every week, it was chain up. But I had the young guys that I was training. I had the muscle. Well, when you're out there, you know, in your 60s by yourself, it's you. That's it, sister. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yep. we have to, we have to become more creative. I still have my, my old fifth wheel puller, you know. I had trouble with one of the tails on our, one of our trailers, and it was bowed up on the top. Mm. Why well, climb up in the trailer? And I take that fifth wheel puller and I pulled down on it. Boy, there she came. I could open the door and get unloaded. So we, we have to be creative with some of this stuff. We don't have the muscle and we have to watch out for our safety. Okay. That's the two things that I mainly encounter. I've just learned to adapt to it over these years. And the best thing that I can do for, for the girls and, and the women that I train is to give them a safe environment, to show them how to take a seatbelt and hook it in the center to prevent nobody can get in those doors. They won't budge. That's my job, to keep them safe. And, you know, like the Maya Hernandez of the world, okay, I am a mother hen. I'm, that's just me. It's my motherly <laughs> instincts. And the first thing I want to do is protect them and take care of them. Sure. And that's, that is my job, to teach them how to back into these docks, to teach them how to drive on snow and ice. You take a young driver like that and you throw her out in Wyoming in 60-mile-an-hour winds on snow and ice, if she doesn't have some some skills, she's not going to make it very long. And like I said, we don't have the muscle. So you can use this tool to pull the socks over on a wet tire. It's harder to do that. It looks good on a video out here in the shop on dry pavement, but you get it out there and it's wet. 
It's a different story. Sure. And it's 20 below and snow. I even show them my snow boots that have the wool liners in them. I have the extreme car hearts that's 200 below zero because, you know, <laughs> I mean, I could slip and fall and I'm old and I could be stuck out there for overnight. You just never know. You know, somebody will find Dollar's me. still lying there a week later. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee, look, there's something in the snow. <laughs> but she's, she's good. She's still warm. Yeah, exactly. So there's things like that that I can teach the girls to keep them safe out here. My goal now at this late in the stage, you know, of the game is to train as many women as I can to carry on. It's time to pass the torch. Two of my students have gone through the train the trainer class. So that clar- is an honor. To clarify that, that means that you've had students that have become trainers, trainers as yes. well. Yes. So I and I'm proud of that because I did my job. Yeah. And you did. And I can tell you for a fact. And I think of Maya when we had her in here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she couldn't say enough good things about you and how much you meant as, as a trainer as well in, in her development. So thank you, Darla, for, for investing in, into these Why, well, thank ladies. you guys. You guys give me the tools. If I don't have the right equipment and the right environment, I can't do it. But it's my responsibility to pass my knowledge on to these girls. There are certain truck stops I don't want them in. And mm-hmm. I tell them, no, you stay away from those, okay? There's others that you can do the pay spot. Sure. We happen to work for a company that reimburses you that. So you'll be okay on the front line, but don't go in that back back there. I can, they can call me and say, okay, on my electronic log, I got 40 minutes, and this is where I'm at, and this is the road I'm headed on, and... Where can I park it? And I tell them just, ex- and that just comes with years of experience. Right, right. Okay, of knowing the truck stop. I say, oh, no, that one's closed now. Doggone it. So then I got to send them further on down the road. But that just comes from years of experience. But I'm really partial to this program and these girls. Well, I know they love you too. Well, I love all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like you're affectionately known around here as. Well, you mentioned the mother hen. I am. I'm Mommy Darla. Everybody calls me Mommy Darla or their trucker mama. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I am. You know, and we've even had drivers that have left here that still call me and call me, you know, their trucker mama. Uh, also, you know, I still have people that call me from the other two companies I worked for. Really? My phone rings constantly. <laughs> and uh, the student I have now I was in there the other day, and I we were coming into the yard here, and she said, I can't believe that phone. I said, yeah, it's a good thing they came up with unlimited minutes. <laughs> I said, I'd be working for the phone bill. <laughs> Putting stock in Verizon or whoever your carrier exactly. is. <laughs> and, you know, that's another thing. Back in my day, when I started, we didn't have GPS. We did not have cell phones. Right. Okay. You stopped at a truck stop and waited in line for the pay phone mm-hmm. to call your trucking company and do what everybody had to do a check call by 10 a.m. And there'd be a line out the door. And you had a calling card and you called yep. the shippers and the receivers and you got your own directions in there. And you had a map, you had a pen and a piece of paper. And I know... Adrian and, and Maya, you know, a few, first thing they get in my truck and I say, okay, the first thing you need is an ink pen and a notebook, paper and pen. That's where we're going to start. 
Then we're going to start with the Atlas because back in my day, we didn't have nothing. We read road sign, Trucking 101. I want you to read every sign that we pass and I want you to read it out to me. And it works. Yeah. It works. So if you bring in some of those old school teachings, it makes it easier on them to accept the new electronic devices. Mm-hmm. Okay. You got to go back to the old school. You got to start with the basics. And these schools, they're teaching them just enough to pass their CDL. But as far as the rules of the road, it is up to us. It's our responsibility to teach them that and to pass it on. If we don't pass it on, it's going to be lost. What a shame that would be. You would be surprised how many of these people do not know, even know how to read a map. You, it, it, I mean, it's just unfathomable. You're just like, oh, my gosh. They don't even realize that even in odd numbers— Odd numbers go north and south, right. even goes east and west. They don't even realize, they don't even understand that. So you got to go back even to the key legends of the map and even go over truck route. Okay, this with the little green dots, stay off of it. Okay, <laughs> it's a city <laughs> But they're like, I said, do you know what those little green dots are for? No. It's void, null and void. You stay off of every road with those little green dots as long as you're in this truck. You want to get in the family, you know, station wagon, great. But in this thing, you don't go near those. Okay? <laughs> it's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Now, Darla, I'm thinking, uh, I read something recently that might make me think that you would prefer that the trucks be a slightly different color. I'm thinking of green in particular. Green and yellow. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's, it's the Darla way. Mm-hmm. Yes. My children call my house the John Deere Museum. I started collecting John Deere long before everybody else did. I have a tractor and a wagon that my brother and I rode when we were little kids. And I have been collecting these forever. I, and I know everybody knows the little Tonka tractors and Tonka wagons, Tonka ambulance and this and that. Yes, my house is definitely the John Deere Museum. I have John Deere dishes. I have John Deere silverware. <laughs> I have John Deere napkins. I have John Deere glasses, cups, you name it, and I have it. Betting? Well, no, I haven't gone that far yet. <laughs> Paj- I, you're not wearing the John Deere no, pajamas. Okay. I, have, I have a pair of John Deere boots that my 16-year-old sure. grandson wore that I have them setting up on a shelf, on a John Deere shelf that has all the pictures and all that other stuff. Yeah. and uh, But you name it, John Deere, I have it. Yes, I bought me a new flashlight the other day. It's a little tractor. You squeeze the handle and it raises up and the headlights come on. Oh, my gosh. And it sounds like a tractor. I said, oh, my gosh, that's the most wonderful thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining your, 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 any of your students getting in the truck with you and you're like, who, who is this lady? <laughs> <clears throat> well, and Debbie Hill and I, we stopped out at Waldrug in South Dakota. They have truck parking back behind there. And there's like three bo- blocks of nothing but just unique shops, okay? Mm-hmm. And, oh, my gosh, I went in there and I found a John Deere checker set. <laughs> And a John Deere Monopoly game. And I was like, oh, oh. I, the, that lady said, well, it's a little price. I said, I don't care what it costs. <laughs> the little, like the shoe and, and the hat right. and all that stuff with the Monopoly. It is a little tractor. It's a combine. It's a little wagon. Oh, Hilarious. my God. It's darling. It's darling. Yes. <laughs> and I have that sitting 
up against the wall in the entryway coming into my house with my John Deere rug that Debbie Hill bought me. And yeah, my tablecloth, my curtains, everything's John Deere, my placemats, everything. So I, I probably shouldn't tell you that I'm actually a case international <gasps> You're person. red? I'm red. Now, listen, I have converted people. <laughs> I come from a red family. I've converted them to green and yellow. <laughs> now, I don't. I will say, though, when, when we had a larger yard in our previous house, I was driving a John Deere tractor to, to mow, but uh, I quickly sold that when we moved downsized into the smaller yard. But That's a yard ornament for me. <laughs> <laughs> I would have took it. <laughs> so I, I, I should have known you then when I was selling it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would have bought it. I would have bought it for my flower bed, your yard ornament. Yeah. Oh, goodness. My neighbor's just like, oh, my gosh, if she finds anything else, green and yellow, oh, my gosh. Yeah, but I am I am a John Deere girl. Yeah, I'm, I'm a farm girl. I haven't transitioned into the pink John Deere. Oh, right. I just can't. <laughs> that's a little bit of the old school in me. I'm just like, John Deere in pink. Yep. I just, I'm slowly but surely, I got a couple of t-shirts and, you know, but I just, it's, I'm not a big fan of it yet. Maybe, I, I'll get there someday, maybe. But Start yeah. small. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Even my clocks on the wall are John Deere. Everything, I have a John Deere telephone. And my oldest son one day, he, he's, where do you get this stuff from? <laughs> I said, oh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> it is amazing. It is yes, amazing. It is. The licensing that they they get from their product. They it only is. have to sell an actual tractor to make money. Yes, yes. And I'd say there's pro- my, my boys, I'm like, well, we're just going to have a big garage sale, you know. And and uh, I have a nephew, and he says, oh, no, you're not. He said, that stuff in there, she has is worth a lot. <laughs> <laughs> So I've got more than just my children probably arguing over it. Yeah. I said, well, you know what? You guys have fun with it. At least when you pick up a fork and you see the tractors on the, on the fork, you're going you're to think of mom. Yeah. You eat your plate and clean it up. You're going to see the John Deere tractor on the plate. You're going to think of mom. That's that's good enough for me. I can accept that. So, yeah. But on a lighter note, I just want everybody to know how much I appreciate this company. I'm I'm so thankful for Newspalm. You know, is it perfect? No, it's not. But we're getting there. We try. We've got issues. You know, we've got growing pains. You know, stick it out. This too shall pass. But for the most part, I I wish I would have came here years ago. I really do. That's my only regret. I wish I would have known about New Spawn years ago. Well, you've still got 15, 20 years That's what here, I said. Right? I said I'll be 80 years old. Britt will be beating me with a stick trying to get me off the steering wheel. <laughs> uh, picture it now. Yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, I, for anybody listening, I want to just just convey here that you've mentioned several things uh, about your work ethic and being on time getting things done, being smart, working smarter, not harder. But you work harder when you need to also. Yes. I mean, that's yes. that's not lost on you. Uh, I remember, I think I ran into you a handful of weeks ago, and you were telling me about still chaining up all the way around. I did. Uh, it's a full dress. That's every tire. And that wasn't long ago. No, it's only been about five weeks ago. 
Yeah, hadn't been long at all. It was out there in, in Oregon on cabbage, yeah. And it was full dress. It's the only way I could get off. And I had enough socks, but I was lacking one axle. And I had a set of chains, and I'm like, oh, gosh, no, I haven't thrown these in years. <laughs> I didn't even know if I could do it. And uh, so, because it had been so long, and, and the super single chains are heavy. Yeah. Yeah, they're like 100 pounds. And so I got him out of the side box. I got him down on the ground, and I'm lifting up, got him on. I thought, man, I need to make sure this is right. So I called one of our other gurus, Mr. A.J. Mm-hmm. Edgington. I called A.J. I called him my little brother. And I said, I'm going to send you a picture and let me know if that's okay. He said, man, that is awesome. <laughs> he said, you did a good job. <laughs> He's like, come and do mine. <laughs> so you got those cams turned good, and that yeah, made everything. Yeah, he, he did. He was like, oh, my gosh, you know. And then uh, Troy and them, they were telling me he came in the shop like a week later and showed him a picture. He said, now, if a 61-year-old woman with a total hip replacement can do this, anybody can chain. Don't tell these young guys, don't tell me you can't chain. What's your excuse? Yeah, what's your excuse? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And but that's how we help each other here too. You know, that that's one of the beauties of having the cell phone that we didn't have years right. ago. There was nobody to ask. You did it right or you tore up a set of drive tires going down the mountain. Mm-hmm. That was your choice. And when you owned that truck and you had to buy them, it was expensive. Those were expensive mistakes to make. We didn't have an AJ or a cell phone that we could send a picture on and stuff. You, you, weaned, you did the best you could do with what you had. And that's my motto. And, and trucking, I think, has lost part of that. I think people will sit back and expect things to land in their lap. And, you know, it, well, you need to do this, or this. They need to do this, make this easier, that easier. No, it's not, it, it's not an easy industry. And I say only the strong survive, and that is the truth. For me, like I said, I came from a corporate boardroom to driving a truck. And you talk about, I mean, I did a That's a career shift. Oh, I did. And I said, man, I showed up for truck driving school because they told me we were going to school. And I showed up in a skirt and hose (laughs) and high heels and a suit. I had to go home and change clothes. They said, you do realize this is... A truck driving school. And I said, yes, I thought we were going in a classroom for school. And I had a skirt suit on and heels and hose. And they sent me home to change real quick. That's funny. (laughs) Then my husband comes into the yard later on and they tell him what an idiot wife he has. She showed up with high heels on for truck driving school. How long did that take you to live down? Oh, you know what? Ten years I was there, and I lived it every day. Oh, yeah, let me tell you. You think she's good now? Let me tell you what she did in the beginning. Everybody makes mistakes. She was classic. That's hilarious. And I did. I, I just I couldn't believe it. Yeah, because to me, I was going to school, into a classroom. Yeah. I had no idea. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. I just, oh, yeah, it was awful. (laughs) (laughs) I was embarrassed, and it took a long time to live that down, and I never did. I still get reminded of it because I talk to those people all the time, and I get reminded of it occasionally. Yeah, funny. Yeah. Outside of driving, outside of John Deere. Yes. What what else do you have going on? I like to go to NASCAR races. 
I used to write ATVs, but I don't I don't have those anymore because with the total hip replacement, that's kind of a dangerous thing to do. Uh, I mean, yeah, my children weren't thrilled about that era, so yeah. <laughs> That and my my sixteen year old grandson, he's doing so well. He's big into baseball and cool. football, and I'm so proud of him. So proud of him, and that he is my whole life. He is my whole life, and he, you know, he was a, a freshman and and a sophomore. He's sophomore this year. He'll be the next two years. I want to get home more so I can see more games, mm-hmm. and. Uh, they moved him from junior varsity to varsity. Awesome. Yes, he also played varsity baseball. He's just very athletic. His dad was too. So, and I'm very proud of of my kids, both of them. You know, I have one that lives in Louisiana that works offshore, and and then I have my son, my oldest son, and my daughter-in-law that live there in Kansas City. And I'm very proud of my kids. They have made me proud. They don't ask me for anything. They get up and go to work every day. Because they remember, I know, when they were in school, you know, and they'd say, Mom, I don't feel like going to school today. And I'd say, well, I tell you what, when I take off work, you can take off school. How's that? (laughs) It didn't happen. (laughs) Well played. That's right. That's right. When, When Mommy takes off work, then you can take off school. But until then, it's not going to happen. And I was real lucky with, they had the mumps and the chicken pox, and they had those in the summertime. So they didn't miss school. But you instill a work ethic, even instilling that for them going to school. Okay, you have a responsibility. You have to be accountable. And at that time, you know, being a single parent and a single mother, that carries on even into their their teenage years. Mm -hmm. Because I'm telling you, my boys were big boys. My oldest son is like six, four and a half. I mean, he's a big boy. He could knock me clear across the kitchen if he wanted to. And uh, But he wouldn't dare. Oh, oh, no. No, he would not. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, my grandson, I spanked Keaton one time when he was three. We were leaving a wedding reception, and he told me no. And he threw rocks on a car when I told him no. And he's shaking uh-huh. his little head yes. And I said, Keaton, don't you dare. And he did, and I picked him up, and I swatted him. My son comes running down the, Mom, Mom, what is wrong? I'd never spanked him. And I said, Keaton, tell your dad what you did. He's crying and, you know, sniffling. He said, I I told Grandma no, and Billy said, my son, he's like, Keaton, I am 34 years old, and I wouldn't tell her no. You have learned a valuable lesson at a young age. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> it's a respect thing. You know, I respect you, but you're going to respect me back. But when he told me no, and and I just, there's just some, and it's the same thing out here on the road, okay, and with our customers. If you go in acting like a professional and you show respect for you would not believe how many of them have a little sour attitude to them, you know. Mm-hmm. And you can go in, and depending on you and your attitude, your parents, you don't know how many of them that I've turned around over the years. I had a student this last week that she's seen that. I said, did you hear him when we were late? Wasn't our fault. We got loaded late. And uh, I said, well, we did the best that we could do. I said, if you have a problem, you need to call your company up in Iowa, and you need to tell them that you're unhappy with what time we're here because we got here as soon as we could. 
And I said, she's a student. It's going to take her a minute to get back in. Well, he started to get smart off a little bit. And I turned around and I said, sir, none of us were born driving these things. And he got a, kind of got a grin on his face and he said, you're absolutely right. And then I started talking to him and come to find out he was a big executive with a telecommunications company in St. Louis. And then he found out that my student that I have now, that she is a ex-airline pilot Hmm. for TWA Mm -hmm. and American Airlines. And we wound up best friends forever when we left. You have to demand respect to a certain degree, but you, it, it also changes their perspective. But the next driver that goes in there, mm-hmm. they're not going to treat him, you know, that bad. They think, well, you know what? He just might be a, a, a decent, you know, human being. Just because I'm going to tell you, these trucks, you don't just get in them and drive them. There's right. a lot more to them than that. And people, that is a misconception, big time. It takes a lot of skill, patience, practice, and, I mean, you got to have a lot of grit to get out here and do this job and to put up with some of the things that we put up with out here. Even just the motoring public gets mad at us, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I have them go by me, honking at me because I took too long getting on an on-ramp. Yeah. You would not believe the things that I get and I see, and I oh, just yeah. wave and smile and blow them a kiss. <laughs> Kill them with kindness, Darla. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Exactly. What are they going to do? Turn me in? Right. That woman just blew me a kiss. <laughs> it's your lucky day, sir. <laughs> you should be so so privileged. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, honey. Well, Darla, thanks so much for taking time here to... Oh, well, I thank you for letting me just give my, my piece of advice out in the big old trucking world, out in the la-la land. I, I appreciate you letting me voice my opinion and give a little advice to, to some of these newer people coming up and coming on board, and we're, we're depending on them to carry on. And and I know this company, and I know they will be here for a long time, and this is where they need to stay. I can't agree more. That's right. There you go. My retirement home. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks, Darla. <laughs> uh, thanks. You've been listening to Terminal Exchange, the official podcast show of Nussbaum Transportation. Nussbaum is an industry leader in over-the-road freight transportation. For more information on Nussbaum's award-winning truckload services and top-paying driving careers, go to Nussbaum.com or NussbaumJobs.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Terminal Exchange. New episodes arrive every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts and share a little love by writing us a review. Then, go deeper into each exchange or listen to previous episodes at our podcast page, TerminalExchange.org.